You're listening to the Full Time Podcast with Matt, Alex, and Marcel. Hey guys, welcome back to Full Time, the A League Podcast. Coming up on the show today, Sydney and Newcastle record wins, while Ernie Merrick has a rather odd complaint in the books. There, City are embarrassed late on by the league leaders, and we'll be debating the split round and whether or not it actually aids the Asian Champions League. So, hello and welcome. To full time the A League podcast. I'm your host, Matt Olson, Marcel Abud, Alex Yamus alongside me. And boys, um, just a quick shout out before we do get started on with the show. We've uh, recently partnered up with the New Entertainment Order, um, and they have all kinds of crazy um, football and sporting content. They've also partnered up with our cricket show, That Stumps. So um, if you want to check out a bit of content there, there's also all, all different all different types of uh, podcasts, radio shows, and, and everything football. So check out New Entertainment Order on Facebook, um, and you'll be sure to get quite a kick out of that. Boys, uh, it is, of course, the split round, as I said, and it started off Friday night um, in Cogra. Sydney FC recording a 2-0 win over Adelaide, and the big... The big thing to come out of this is also, obviously, speaking of the, the Asian Champions League campaign for Sydney FC, but but uh, rather excitingly, Reza Guchanijad is, is on the scene in the A-League, uh, bagged a goal and was really promising. So what have we made of um, Guchanijad's arrival in the league and what do we think it'll do for you know Asian marquees and the likes coming into the, the A-League? Well, um, I think he's... Look, I think he's just starting to hit his straps now. How long has it been? I think it's, what, three rounds in and he scored his first goal. Um, I think it's come at the right time for Sydney FC um, because they're entering the Asian Champions League and you need, like, when you get your import players, they've got to be better than domestically what's available. So there's no point on um, shelling out for a foreigner, let alone like, that coveted Asian foreigner spot. Um, if you're not going to do well in the Champions League, or if you don't intend to do well in the Champions League, rather. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alex, does this signing tell you that there's going to be a, a pretty good uh, Champions League campaign going forward for Sydney FC? Um, yeah, you're going to have to think so. I mean, the group I've seen is um, definitely they can get through to the round of 16, I'm pretty sure. Um, they've got a lot of winnable games in there. Is it the first game um, in, in Australia, or is it... Uh, in Korea, uh, isn't that group? Olsen, Hyundai, Kawasaki, and Shanghai. So their first games at um, home. So they'll give the result against Adelaide. They'll give him a good kick, and you know the, the likes of I still can't say his name. I'm sorry. I know you're going to get pissed Matt, at me, man. <laughs> well, sorry, go again. Well, just on this note, his name? Stephen Corica, Stephen Corica couldn't even pronounce it in his press conference. Um, it's Areza Guchani Jad. It's literally, you know, it's just how it's spelt. Gu Chani Jad. Not hard. But anyway. But yeah, no, nah, no. but yeah, sorry sorry, continue. You go. Sorry. You go. Alright, yeah, go. just um the first game against Ilson Hyundai. Look, it'll be a tough game for them, but I think the home aspect of Sydney should probably get them over the line just a little bit. But I look if you want me if I was a betting man I'd probably put money on Ilson to, to win. Yeah, they are a, a, a pretty good squad. Um, probably one of the better teams in South Korea at the moment, really, and that that's saying a lot. Um, coming to coming to, to Sydney's backyard, though, I don't know. Play, playing at these sort of smaller rugby league grounds, um, it's going to build quite a bit of an atmosphere, something we haven't seen in the Asian Champions League before. And um, I think Sydney could actually really pop onto that and get something out of it. And obviously, you know, for, for Australia's sake, 
um, for you know the coefficient. We never talk about the coefficient when it comes to Asia. We, we, we talk about it in Europe, but never with Asia, which I find weird. But you know, we need these sides winning um, to really give Australia a good rap. So you know, let's hope for the best and uh, and see how they go. Um, on that point, so, uh, just, so, sorry, just on that point, I think our coefficient would be better once the AFC recognises the FFA Cup as a as a tournament because we can actually dedicate a spot to the winner of that. Because right now, it's not that it means nothing. It's just a trophy for trophy's sake right now. Uh, I mean, is, is that the FFA's fault for not being able yeah. to put that in? So or does, what, what happened was... Because no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the AFC have a certain quota on um, on the the amount of teams competing in, in the yeah. competition so, for a cup spot to be available. So and we don't have... What so, happened... Um, Alex, probably correct me if I'm wrong, but... In the beginning, when the A-League started, because we had no FFA Cup and we were allocated three spots, um, it was given to the uh, Premier, so the person who finished uh, first in the league. Then usually a country has a cup spot allocated, and our cup spot at the time was considered the playoffs. The the uh, FFA registered the playoff system as the cup, our cup finals kind of thing. That's why the grand finalist, um, the grand final winner, gets another spot, and then runner-up in the league gets the third qualifying spot. Now, whether not, whether well, A-League has applied to change it, no, change that kind of stipulation towards the AFC, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think, though, in order to actually gain a, a cup spot, you need to have, I think, 12 to, to 14 plus more teams in your in your league, right? Am I, am I wrong in saying that? or Because I, I, I think it's, it's more the fact that we aren't being allowed... That time, that other allocated cup spot, because it would therefore sort of mess around with the league and, and the numbers aren't there to to back it up from the AFC's perspective. But I could be totally wrong, um, and it's totally irrelevant from any anything else um, that we were going to touch on. So uh, next up, I just wanted to talk about the the Newcastle Jets. So obviously their Champions League campaign failed, but they're now looking forward to finals. With you know we've had all of that discussion. Alex, um, you know it was a really really good performance to, to put in against the victory, um, and uh, you know uh, one thing I, I really wanted to point out uh, this game is plaudits really have to be given to to Johnny Katrumbus. Um, you know he scored on the night, and yeah, it just sort of it just sort of deflected to him, right? Like it wasn't his goal that he sort of earned um, as much as he did tap it in. But, uh, you know, it was only a few months ago that we were talking about his, his cancer battle and how we had concerns for him. And um, after months out of the game, he's settled back in and he's he's growing from wrong, but he's actually bagged a few goals now. So, you know, really, really a, a highlight for, for Newcastle. Um, but uh, the rest of the team are really hitting their strides now, aren't they? And, um, you know, it's really exciting to see them go to, you know, Victoria, uh, not necessarily Melbourne, the game is in Geelong, but they, they went there and they beat victory convincingly. Um, yeah, look, that was probably our best performance all season. I mean, you could argue that the Western Sydney game was, but then they're two completely different sides when it comes to quality. So that's why I feel of this game on Saturday night was the better performance. Um, it's just a great time to pick up form. I mean, there's, what, seven games to go, and we haven't lost a game since we played the glory away um, at the end of January. So... Things are on the up. We're starting to see a bit of a Jets team that we kind of did see last year. We're seeing flashes of it. So, And interestingly, in the finals race, 
I personally think the Jets have the easiest run out of the teams that could drop out of the six. So next month or so is definitely going to be very, very interesting come to that final six spot. Okay, uh, Marcel, I'll go back to you, mate. Um, you know, Vic- victory really have to be concerned now. They've dropped so many points to the to the to the point where you know we've got Sydney FC now in in second spot. Um, I mean, yes, they've they've won the championship from fourth, and any side could theoretically do it. But uh, you know, with with this this run of of um, you know losses, as as it can only really be put, some some poor form. Um, should the victory definitely be concerned? Um, you know, they can win those finals, yes, but uh, the form is off at the moment. Yeah, look, I think the form for them is not well and truly gone, but it's really starting to slip away from them. What, seven, as Alex said, seven games left. Um, Sydney FC now second, they've dropped to third. Um, they really need to pick up some form, some results. You know, who who would thought we'd be saying this? They need to actually get points to stay in contention. I think the Premiership now is well... Oh, sorry, the final... Uh, sorry... The first spot is well and truly Perth Glories right now because I always mm-hmm. thought that, like I said last time, it was a two-horse uh, two race. But because Melbourne have kind of uh, dropped off a bit, I think that maybe one more win for Perth and we'll seal the deal for them. I don't know mathematically how much more points they need, but you know you can already feel they've got one hand on the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we've been saying it for weeks, um, regardless of Perth, but I think... Uh, Sydney could Sydney could even be giving them a scare, um, which is which is again remarkable. Uh, but just from Victory's perspective, it's um it's definitely unfortunate. And uh, if they play that first final away, which yes they they will play their first final away, um, but then have a second chance. Wait, is, is that am I thinking about this right? No, third. No, third will play six. Three will play six. I apologize. Three will play six. Yeah. Um, I apologize for that. <laughs> I, I don't know where I got that from. Um, so yeah, look, it's it's shaping up nicely, and, and obviously then if if that is the case with victory in third, this will be the the rematch. And thus, Alex, why you've just said that it'd probably put the Jets in quite a good position. Um, yeah, no, I can see it from that perspective now. Um, my head was somewhere else. Look, uh, we'll, um, we'll move quickly on the yeah. Jets again. Um, I've, I was thinking about this on the drive home from uni today. And they literally make me so bipolar because one minute I'm like, nah, we're not going to get in. But now after Saturday, I'm feeling if they can continue that form, if they can play exactly like how they played against Victory, that defensive hustle, Glenn Moss was outstanding. If they can play like that, we'll win all, we'll probably can win five out of the seven games we've got remaining. The only two teams I'm worried about in the run home are Perth away and Sydney at home. I think, I think the Phoenix will be too good, to be honest, but. Anyway, we'll, we'll get on to that later. That's just more topical. Um, yeah, so just moving uh, moving across uh, the Yarra River here in uh, Melbourne. Uh, so, look, this this game uh, for City, probably the perfect embodiment of Warren Joyce, it's fair to say. 2-0 lead, you know, they're, they're showing confidence they haven't really shown prior. Um, Perth looking a bit restricted, um, and, and it just falls apart within, you know, pretty much five to ten minutes, really, doesn't it? Um, and uh, I, I have a start here for you, boys. You know, one that should probably sum up the uh, the dire <laughs> the dire situation at City once again. So, look, M- M- Jamie McLaren's come in as, as this January signing, right? Yeah. He has scored every 
single he has scored every single city goal since the twenty second of January. <laughs> so that that's that's how that's how many weeks? Three, four. Uh, just over a month. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, it's terrible, isn't it? Um, Look, it doesn't say much about your team. It doesn't say much about your team when literally from over a month, the only person, like your only goal source, has come literally from one person. Now, how that, have they managed person, to survive that, that long? That that person is a new signing that's come in in that in that window. I mean, it's 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 disgusting. It's uh. And, 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 you know, it, it really forges the, the whole debate around Bruno Fornaroli. Um, I'm of the opinion that Warren Joyce is going to leave uh, at the end of this campaign. So, you know, if, if Bruno was having this personal debate with him, uh, why wouldn't he just sort of stick it out and still, you know, be like a de facto member of the club until they, they bring someone else new in? And, and that also begs the question of if they're going to bring someone else in, that's, the, that's new, what are the City Football Group specifically going to do about it? Are they going to bring in another academy coach? Um, they better to, bloody to bleed, not. But that's what their you know, philosophy is by, by all reports. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they want, they want uh, Melbourne City to be more of an academy club. Um, so I just, you know, I've got, I got no idea. Um, Speaking of like, but, like having no yeah, idea, yeah, it's just you know, if if, if that's if that's if that's Bruno Fornaroli and Jamie McLaren being able to be an attacking force in one team, it's a totally different picture. Um, you know, if if guys like Luke Br- Luke Bratton aren't really, um, you know, teased out of out of form and out of out of the team at times, and and you know, oh, there's many other cases that I could bring up. I, I think um, it, it really does. You know, it, it it actually keeps me rather curious, given given the current state of affairs um, well, at the particular. Well, at, I just you know, want to say for Melbourne City, they one of their signings. You know, Shane Shane Harrison. What's he done? Yeah, like I know Good like, he's, nothing he's a, else. Sorry again. He's he's great at build up play. Like technically, he's superb, but he's got no end product yeah. at all. Like, if he was meant to be in to kind of help the City attack, you know, he's been there since the, a couple, couple of weeks before he's, McLaren. He's, listen, he's come, in, he's come in from an academy where the teaching style is totally different. We play a much more physical game in Australia than what he's been doing playing for Tottenham's youth team. You know, it's it's a totally different kettle of fish. Yeah, true. So, That's the case, then why not just promote someone from the youth squad in Melbourne City? Um, I'm like just the same age, like, like Harrison is only, is only Shane's only 19. Yeah, so yeah. Look, it is, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but I'm just going to put that down to the City Football Group being out of being out of touch and, and Warren Joyce being out of touch, thinking that that was a good idea. Um, Shane Harrison said to the Daily Football Show, he he wanted to use the league to really test himself because he knew it was really physical, and that was out of his game that was lacking. But that'll ring alarm bells, right? Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, they, we aren't taking players from England to be lab rats. We have our own players to, to produce. So I think it's a terrible decision from, from both Joyce and the City Football Group. But we've said enough about that. It's a, it's a train wreck. So it is what it is um, uh, with regards to, to Harrison, um, Marcel. Look, um, I, 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 is, is there anything else either of you wanted to, to bring up on that note? Um. On the Fornaroli debate, I, I read an interesting article on Fox Sports today. Perth can bring in him now. Have you got any injuries that you could... Because um, if he signed as an injury replacement player, he couldn't play with Perth yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah. Because, got any injuries yeah. at the moment? Um, I wouldn't actually want him in until next season, in truth. Oh, really? 
Yeah, look, I, I don't I don't care how, how good he is. Um, the team are top for a reason, right? Um, and bringing him in, we, we don't even know how he's going to settle to first because you you don't you, you think about the player and you think about how good Bruno Fornaroli of you know 2015 2016 um, is and you know how good he's always been really I shouldn't I shouldn't limit it to that you know um, Navio and, and Moise season I, it's just what I sort of think of but um, I'm <laughs> going off on a completely different tangent there um, I guess the problem is there's a there's a winning mentality there's a winning group you don't bring someone new into that because it's just going to mix things up so. If Perth really are going to sign Bruno, like everyone's saying, just wait until next season he, for him. Um, the only thing oh, is, I would, I would, he doesn't really kind of fit the mold of a Popovich-style player. Mm, That's the okay, thing. Like, so, I'm wondering, yes, is, it, yes, is, is yes, it a Perth Glory signing or is it a Popovich signing? This is true, but but I also just wanted to make the point of I don't think he'd be he'd want to move that quickly anyway because he has his family here, right? So he's got he's got kids in school and stuff, and he's he's not just going to up and move. It's not going to be an easy task to up and move them to the other side of the country, you know. Kilkenny so did it, but Kilkenny is again. I, I think he's someone entirely different, at least from a from a personal perspective. Um, he's not. He's not. He's he's someone that's actually been. You know, he's been. He's an, he's an Australian, right? So it's a different situation. Um, Bruno's had to move. He's his actually a pony. Kilkenny. Oh, he he only grew no, up no, in he's Australia. Not, he's Irish. He's Irish. But like he's he's, played, he played for the Socceroos in, in, at the 2011 yeah. Asian Cup. So, mm. so he's an Australian, and yeah. He's spent a lot of time. He spent a lot of time in you know Preston North End, and you know he played for the Irish youth teams and, and this and that. But he's, you know, he's Australian and he was at Melbourne City not considered as, as an overseas player. So again, no, but the my point is, the, the like, with, with family, family Reece Edlin, his family was from England. So that's, that's the point I'm trying to get at. I mean, I don't know if you agree with me in that regard, but surely Bruno would be kind of similar in that regard. Yeah, it didn't Kilkenny's yeah, father overseas. also play in England as well and then move his entire family to come here? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and then they moved back okay. when um, Neil started showing talent. Yeah, in, that's right, in the, that's right. The Arsenal Youth Academy, etc., etc. You know the rest. Yeah. Okay, so think about this then. So that's one move to a specific club, and that's a club where you've settled. Think about it happening. So you're in, you're in Uruguay, you're in Montevideo, and then you're moving to Melbourne. And you're saying, okay, family, we're going to live in Melbourne and we're going to settle in Melbourne. Um, you know, daughters, sons, you're at that school. You know, wife, you're getting this job. You're working with these people. Oh, now we have to go and do it again in a city called Perth. It's it's different. Kill, kill Kenny in that respect. He had connections in Australia already. Maybe not family members, but he had the connections here. I don't know if he had been to Perth before. But again, he, he he could qualify as an Australian citizen. With regards to his family, I don't know that it's it's as relevant because them moving to and from wherever they were, they were going to the one destination. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I understand. Well, here's a fun fact about Kilkenny: he played in the England under 18s, then the Republic of Ireland under 19s for one game, then the under 20s in England, then Australia under 23s, and then became a soccerer. Okay, we've got uh, some other things that no, that's that's wonderful. I'm not. You know, that's an interesting fact. Um, but anyway, just to just to move on, guys. Um, some news about uh, 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 Matt Simon's oh, suspension. Matt Simon. He's got, he's got uh, just two weeks for calling the referee a fucking dog. Um, if this were grassroots level, as many people pointed out, that probably would have been six to eight weeks. So um, it's a bit of a bit of a blinder that one, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I don't. 
I can't f- understand where they got two weeks from um, for that look. Yes, it was set in the in the moment, blah blah blah, like the heat heat of the moment, whatever. But I think there needs to be a stronger um, what do you call it precedent for people who kind of lash out against referees. Yes, the Australia the Australian referees aren't the greatest. There are plenty of you know mistakes. I can count like ten from from the top of my head right now. But for a young person who's watching the game, that kind of behavior is not something that you want to face, especially if he, he's team captain. Yeah, so, you know, that's if, my if that's how you're that's to lead the team. You know, swearing at ref, left, right, and center because you're getting a bit frustrated. Like, Jesus, you know, what's going to happen when, you know, when things actually go wrong? Mm. If Roy gets ten for the four, well, kid, Simon should get five. Simon should get five if Roy yeah. gets ten. That's yeah, my five, viewpoint. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Marcel, how long would you go? Sorry. Um, you know, what? I'm going to say five as well. You know, five, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to say six. 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 Uh, well, How did Papadopoulos get for spitting again as well? Because you could probably compare to that as well. He got six for the spitting incident, didn't he? Yeah, he, uh, his, uh, yeah, he yeah. was almost and, two months uh, off. Do you remember, do you remember that uh, Wellington's post-New Year's Eve game where there was a headbutt? Was it Roy, Roy again. Yeah, Roy, Roy again. again. He got eight for that. Eight for that, yeah. There you go. Um, so, Alex, you said six. Marcel, you no, sorry. Marcel said, said six. Yeah. Uh, five. I'll go uh, five weeks, three days, and meet in the middle. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, okay, how do we compare so... that, sorry, to when um, Vukovic, for his, his his high five? He got 10 for that as well, eight or nine. He got a pretty big one as well yeah, for that. And, and he, wasn't he denied playing in the Olympics because of that as well? Yeah, correct. There you go. So, that. you know, what kind of... What kind of inconsistent precedent? Literally, whatever monkeys are running the, you know, the disciplinary uh, committee. Like, you know, where's your precedent? And what standard do you set your precedent at? Mm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really bizarre situation. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say other than, you know, it's a bit disgusting. Listen, um, we have uh, some other talking points to get to, boys. Back in Geelong. Ernie Merrick has filed a formal complaint to the... Uh, I don't actually know who they are. He's <laughs> he's lodged in a formal complaint about the change rooms at Kidinia Park, saying that they were shoved in a cupboard like Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> Over yeah, no, Ernie. What, what do you make of this, though? It's it's particularly odd. I think it has something to do with the, the stadium being in a rectangular mode and because the Cats, the John Cats, are in uh, AFL preseason. Um, the football teams have been taken into a separate area to use as their change rooms, and um, they've been crammed into into a very very tight space. Um, and it's also, you know, one of the main complaints Ernie had was that it was quite humid. It was quite hot on that particular night. Um, this alarm bells because the the Cats will be playing pre-season in 12 months' time, but we're going to have an A-League team here in 12 months' time playing at that same ground. So what are you going to do, having two professional sports teams and not have enough facilities for them? It's That's not good, right? So forget forget Ernie and the formal complaint there. Something has to be, you know, just on a totally you know separate note with Western United, something has to be done at Gardenia Park. This isn't good. No, yeah, that was my thoughts. Western, Western United, if they have the same predicament, and can I just say that game in a, it's a com- conversation we will always have in a oval pitch, rectangle, and to have a football field in an oval, 
field. It's no, it, the, it just looked dead. 8,000 in Geelong on Saturday night. It was, I don't know how Western United are going to fare at Geelong, to be honest. Well, we have to, we have to bloody do it for three seasons at, uh, at Spotless Stadium. Spotless. Yeah, it's um, absolutely can I just, terrible. Can I just up there on that point, on that point, Alex. Prior mm. to a team being, prior to a team playing in Geelong being announced, the victory crowds in Geelong were much, 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 much better than that. They were getting, they were getting double digits easy. They got bloody fifteen thousand to a game against Perth in twenty fifteen. There, um, they had a game against the Mariners that drew, that drew ten, eleven thousand. So. That, that eight thousand can only can only come from the fact that people there want to support the new club, um, or at least they don't want to you know be going there as victory supporters. Um, or yeah, something. I can I can see it from that viewpoint as well, but I don't know. Or, it, I, I'm or just, it's just been really stinking hot, and it was. Yeah, apparently Apparently every single game that's played at that park, that victory have taken there, they've always played in like incredibly stinking hot conditions so well, credit to the yeah. actually come out like in like 35 36 That's degree cool. days yeah no it's it's very true and um yeah there was a, there was a again going off on a tangent there's a game in the uh, the mls in uh, in colorado where um uh, they got frozen. like 20,000 and sold the stadium out and it was a bloody blizzard um and the stadium was covered in snow so you know if uh look give <laughs> me snow over heat any day believe me yeah, I agree. Actually, yeah. look. Um, so we can get to our uh, we can get to our, our main debate now, guys. Um, this being the the split round, having our three games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then having next week Friday and Saturday in Brisbane and Gosford. Um, those games those games won't draw well at all, will they? Um, oh, oh geez. <laughs> So do we think do we think having this split round because it, correct me if I'm wrong but as I've always understood the split round is there to age the teams preparing for the Asian Champions League so they can have their week off when they play their first game and or are in preparation for it um, are we for it are we against it do we think it's poor decision making by the FFA to not have consistency what's what's the vibe on the split round um, and what do we think it's done to maybe make the Champions League um, preparations a bit easier for the likes of, of Melbourne and Sydney this time around. Um, the idea is good. The idea is good, but there's only one complaint I'm going to have. Why don't they have it in the qualification rounds? Because it costs the Jets severely having like five games in the space of two weeks. I mean, it's it's good to. Uh, how do I put this? It's interesting to see what. It, in the Asian Champions League does to a team without the split rounds because it would totally stuff Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory. So I'm all for it, but the fact that the Jets didn't get it kind of bugs me a little. But then again, I'm clutching at straws. Look. No, I actually understand your argument because because you know the Jets are the weaker team in this situation. They're the third seed out of the three teams, so their their fixture should be allocated to a different day, um, even at the risk of drawing a lower crowd. Because would it would it not be better for you to shock a side like Kashima instead of you know drawing drawing eight thousand people and maybe drawing five thousand people instead? Take the bloody risk. I'm I'm absolutely I'm absolutely on board with you there, Alex. The the the, the Jets um, should be you know speaking up to the FFA more. The FFA should instead of you know changing the game from a Sunday to a Thursday, change the game from a Sunday to a bloody Tuesday and make sure they get a full week's preparation. You know, 
If some if Ernie's still in the talk in the FFA, I'm gonna listen to him. <laughs> no, I guess not. But however, um, they really better take this complaint about the change room seriously. By God, um, Marcel, what do you what do you make of the uh, the split round? Nah, I don't agree with it. I I really don't. What they can do, look, I don't I don't like making a comparison between. You know, um, what happens in Australia, what happens in Europe, obviously there are different, you know, uh, factors that come into play. But I think in the 10-team league, okay, the FFA needs to really make better decisions when it comes to these kind of scheduling, okay? Now, I personally believe that a team can travel, you know, it's only, it's not, it's not, not only to Southeast Asia, okay, like because it's only like what five, six, seven hours away. They can travel, they can play, and come back. In Europe, they do it all the time. They travel to different countries. Yes, granted, the countries are closer together, but those matches are more higher intensity. They're they're higher quality. Okay, I personally believe them traveling isn't going to affect them. Okay, maybe um, FFA could maybe schedule like when they do their rescheduling, have. The, say the ACL teams play their games on a Friday night, then the following week have their games play on the Sunday, so they have the maximum amount of recovery time in between. Because it's an additional league or additional challenge that the clubs have to face. And as the league gets bigger, you know, are we going to have split runs for every single team that that comes in? You know, like don't get me wrong, it would have helped the Jets, but you know, if they're not meant to be in, they're not meant to be in. Personally, I think. The footballing psyche of some, you know, administrators need to really toughen up a little bit. Oh, gee, okay. Um, uh, well, I was, like, I, was, I was bored shitless watching the, the football this week. Was, oh, one game per night. You know, what are we back in the first first days of the A League where there's only eight teams? Can't wait to watch the Mariners Wellington as well next week as the only Saturday game. Jeez, that's blockbuster, yeah, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> that, that, and that's exactly what I'm what I'm coming to. You know? Yeah, look, I understand I understand this. But just just think about it. Just think about it. What if what if giving these sides a week off meant playing you know, going away to SI, uh, Shanghai SIPG, going away to Kashima Antlers, going away to these big big sides and really getting getting, you know, a decent preparation against them. Um you know, maybe put a quota in place, Marcel. Maybe, maybe say if if you move your game to a Tuesday or a Wednesday, your A-League game this is, at the risk of losing more crowds, make sure you have your preparations in place so that you, you can fly to Japan, um, you can fly to South Korea, you can fly to Malaysia. Do it on on a, a you know on on that weekend and make sure you're getting a full weeks of uh, acclimatization in there. Um, or, or, or some sort of decent preparation, because I think I think um, you both you're both sort of right and you, and you're both sort of wrong. I think the best way the best way to do this is to put the games midweek and and risk the crowds so that the 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 um, the round isn't actually split. It just starts really early. Um, you get what I'm saying? Okay. Then so what, about, that, that, what about what about when? The, the... So what about when in like as you know um, in in Europe. The games are like you know we have Champions League and Europa League. They're on Thursday, or their Wednesdays and, and their Thursdays, right? Now I'm thinking about Chelsea. They're in the they're in the Europa League. You know if they ever have to fly to Russia, you know, and they have a game that's on a Sunday, like our Sunday morning or so our Monday morning. It's only like two three days to travel back and forth. And you know from England to Russia, it's still a long it's a long distance. 
So surely, if if we're meant to be professional, if we're meant to be all that, surely we can. They have a squad. They have a squad of about forty-five players. We have squads of about twenty-two, twenty-three. Well, then it's on. It's the onus of the of the FFA, isn't it? No, look, I think I think you, you need to reschedule those league games, um, but you can just put them two, three days earlier. It's it's not a problem. Look, the, um, the, the only you know, problem we are, is... We are, we are limited. We are limited. We don't have the resources that they have to be able to play games on Thursday um, in, in you know, uh, in uh, Samada. They, they go play in Samada, for example, um, on Thursday, and then they come back and play a game in London on Sunday. I mean, that's the equivalent of going from, what, Perth to... to oh, jeez, I'm really going to struggle here. Uh, <laughs> it's the equivalent of travelling travel very far away. Uh, and then, you know, coming back and doing that within two, three days. So you can't do that with a 20-odd-man 20, 20 squad. Okay, you can't so do that at if all. The, if the FFA want Australian clubs to be better, to, you know, to push the coefficient, as you say, you know, maybe they have to start thinking, you know, our clubs are getting competitive. You know, we want them to be competitive. You know, instead of this 22-23 um, squad you can have at maximum, let's up it to 24, uh, 25, 27, you know, something like that. So that way... There is that, you know, spread of talent that you can play your, say, your strongest 11 in, you know, um, saying Shanghai, and then you can play a, a blooded youth side, you know, in Newcastle on Saturday. Uh, yeah, look, I, uh, I don't agree because I don't think that's logistically very, very possible. Um, it's going to cost the clubs a lot of money. And, well, that's uh, the again, cost of playing in the Champions we, we League. Are, well, Yes, but but it's a reward. It's a reward playing in the Champions League. It shouldn't be able to, It shouldn't be costing you money. Well, you got to spend money to make money. When Ali clubs qualify for for the um the the Champions League, in the money that they receive, I think some of it has to go back to the FFA anyway. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah, I, remember, I remember when yes. when the Wanderers won the Champions League. I, I can't remember the exact figure that they won, but I remember a certain portion of it it's going like to the FFA. Cut it's like a 20, 25% cut, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot. Be, only be, like, I think that's just a lot to take. Well, I actually... I somewhat yeah, agree with you. That's, so that's, that's more a question of... No, I, I agree with you, myself on like, yeah... Look, screw the split round. But for me, what just grinds my gears, it should be all for one or one for all, if you know what I mean. If the jet, if the Jets don't... If, exactly, it's, if inconsistent. The it's Sin- inconsistent. Sydney and Melbourne team... If the Sydney and Melbourne team, who are the bigger teams, get the week off, why can't the Jets get the week off? If not, then um, give the, just forget about the split round. The Jets had to go through the hard way. Sydney and Melbourne can. But, you know, FFA will protect them because it's the Sydney and Melbourne team. So that's just been the story of the FFA for the past year or two. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Wanderers didn't have a split round when they qualified for the Champions yeah, they, League. Yeah, there was no split round. And we had to qualify... Like two seasons ago. Yeah, and we had to qualify one extra... Round we had to play I think one extra round than Adelaide did when they went to the final, but then again their mm-hmm. travel was more ridiculous than the Wanderers. They had to go to, in the middle of Kazakhstan to uh, you, sorry Uzbekistan to play. So I remember images of uh, Diego from Adelaide United you know, sleeping on the um, Uzbeki airport floor because it was that buggered. Those were the golden. That was the golden age of the A League. Yeah. 
Let's let, let's hope that we uh, get, get there back, get back there slowly. You know. Sorry, sorry. Let's get there very quickly rather than slowly. I don't. I, you know, I, I just slap, giving them a slap on the wrist is is um, it's it's not going to help things. Just not not with the way Australian football runs. I I'm just not not going to agree there. Um, and you mentioned you mentioned uh, Uzbekistan. I'm just going to say that's a that's a perfect uh, perfect um, segue to probably say that Perth to Tashkent is around the same distance from London to one of those uh, sort of mid Russian cities, maybe a Sochi. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking way too hard about the geography of this. Okay, look, uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> look, I, I don't uh, I don't want to play the the Melbourne City bias card because I think we've had split rounds in the past involving involving uh, Brisbane and jeez, uh, who else? Victory. Adelaide Adelaide would be other team yes. not from Sydney or Melbourne. I can think of that would have been in the Champions yes. League and Central Coast as well. A couple of years back around Mar- too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, back when Mariners were actually kind of good. Rivani, yeah. oh. they beat us. Well, every um, I, you know, you, you do actually, you do actually leave a very sour taste in the mouth because just thinking of this split round, next round is going to consist of Friday night football, about four thousand people rocking up to a fifty thousand seat stadium to see a, a batshit four play against an underwhelming Wanderers. And then we've pretty much got the exact same situation. Wellington off form away to Gosford in front of about 5,000 people. Um, and that's going to be the round of football. Um, so it is a bit, a bit disgusting in that sense. But I'm, I'm still always going to be in favour of it. I think you just need to adjust it. Don't, don't, don't leave a week in between. Leave three or four days and keep the consistency. That, that's the only problem anyone should have with this. Because I think the Champions League is something that should be every club's priority. It is a big bloody deal to play against some of those clubs that take football seriously, where football has a deeper meaning than it does for us. Um, and, you know, uh, it's disgusting to think that the A-League would want to have all their games on a weekend to protect crowd numbers um, ahead of, of playing well in the Champions League. And that's probably the only, um, looking at it from that perspective, you know, looking at it from making money and, and looking at it from a business perspective, I, I find that terrible. I feel, I, I like, I, I don't care if we get bloody 900 people to a game. If you're betting, if you're betting, you know, cash and Mirandlers, you know, four or five days later, it's going to be, it's going to be worth it. Um, because you, you get you get you get prize money for progressing further, right? Yeah, so yeah. it should be worth it. But 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 anyway. Um, um quickly. Just the way I see it and... Yeah, this is kind of off topic. Breaking news. Breaking news since I was we were just talking about the Mariners. According to SBS World Game, in a statement of intent by the Central Coast Mariners, they have just signed, ladies and gentlemen, Kiwi International Jai Ingham for next season. Yeah. Well, I was expecting someone like good. I was not expecting to say Jai Ingham. I was expecting, yes, exactly. I was expecting to come with Smith the SBS to pop game. Clickbait. Billy Tolama. Fucking... Intent from the Mariners. Thanks, SBS. Why is he on the wing? Oh, Jesus. Connor Payne 2.0. Paul Lynn's Connor Payne. Well, um. Yeah, well, okay, cool. Um, I think that's a that's a, a, a decent enough note to finish on. Any last words before I before I sign off? Yeah, get rid of the split round. Like honestly, just, just heard, get man. rid of it. Just just get rid of it. Like surely, adjust it. Adjust get, rid it. get rid of it. it. Like don't don't do this. Don't do me three aims 
on one weekend and then a, <laughs> abysmal. Like I'm a Wanderers fan, I'm gonna say it's gonna be an abysmal game on Friday night. You know, another two. <laughs> and your marquee it's, game on a Saturday it, is Wellington and 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 Central Coast. I think we'll get people. I could get ten thousand combined for both games. To be honest, you know what? You know what? Let's yeah. put it to a, let's put it to a, like a, a prediction. So you say just over, just under ten or over ten? Under ten. Under just 10? under ten. You know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say about twelve. Okay. Right? I'm gonna go for eight. For both. To be honest. Yeah. No, oh. no, 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 combined, 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 and eight. Yeah, that's what I'm like, for both, oh, that's poor if that happens. If that happens. It wouldn't surprise, well, it wouldn't surprise me, but, but, but think oh. About it, think about it then. The best team playing in this, uh, out of these four teams is the one that's in sixth and out of form, right? And away from home. So, yes, exactly. So... Given the circumstances, it's it's the bottom three, right? The bottom three playing and then sixth. Yeah, no, I, I that, that that screams four thousand people to me. Yeah, no, you're right, especially in golf. But no, wouldn't surprise me. All I'm hoping is at least the Central Coast please win a game, just beat the Knicks, make my life easier. I'm sorry, Logan, but please make my life so much easier. Wow. Okay, so uh, so guys. Uh, full-time the A-League podcast. You can hit us up on uh, your podcasting apps. We mostly operate off Anchor. Um, the New Entertainment Order, check them out as well. I've been Matthew Olsen, uh, Marcel Vood, Alexi Amos alongside me. And remember, it's Aleza Guchanija. This has been the Full-Time Podcast. Thanks for listening. And make sure you tune in again next week as we wrap up another round of A-League action. <laughs>